the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. What's up, y'all? Jason's Journey, the normally Patreon-exclusive show where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life. It is an unscripted look into the making of the marinade, and uh, I thought this time what I'd do is put it out there to everybody, um, hopefully to hook you on the Patreon, which, by the way, you can join for just $2 a month. You get this, you get um, what we're getting down on, my show with my great friend Peter Haroldson. You get... um, uh, the inner child, which is uh, the show where I ask our guests kind of silly questions, you know, favorite food and I don't know, dream car, silly stuff like that, uh, where we get a little more lighthearted and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just fun and you support the show. It's, it, it, it's only $2 a month y'all. So if you can swing it, we greatly appreciate it. But, um, if not totally understand, we're still grateful for everybody who continues to support the, the marinade in freeways by following us and and so forth. So, uh, what this is, is, uh, the reason why this is, is public right now and not just on Patreon is, you know, after years of doing this show, I still learn stuff. So I'm completely self-made when it comes to uh, podcasting, right? I started this thing. I had the idea in like 2015 or 16, I guess 2015, and then started working on learning about how podcasting you know, comes about, how you put it together, what, uh, what resources you need and that kind of stuff. I started saving up and, and acquiring equipment and, uh, and eventually launched in uh, September of 2017, right? So kind of crazy that we're a good six years into uh, episodes and um, seven, almost eight years, I guess, into this process starting. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it's been such an incredible, incredible journey. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about it last night. Somebody was talking about Larry Brown uh, on Twitter. And I was just thinking about, like, when I got turned on to Larry Brown. And I don't remember who it was, but it was definitely a guest of the show. And then, like maybe right after that, someone posted um, that they had not heard of Stefan Prigmore, our our guest for episode one thirty. And uh, anyway, I I just was like kind of reflecting on how fortunate I am to have have had so much support. But I was also thinking about little things that kind of kind of drive me crazy. So like volume levels. <sighs> When you don't know what you're doing, I mean, I kind of know now, right? But I'm not an audio engineer. I'm not trained at all in that kind of stuff. I'm not at all trained in production, audio production in any way. I've just watched videos and trial and error and things like that. And like, I feel like we sound pretty damn professional, but there are times when I listen to podcasts with a, a, a big budget and I'm so jealous of them because it's like, it's a subtle difference, but it's a difference. So I was just kind of like doing some research and messing around with um, sort of like what happens when I export a file and why it sometimes sounds different from what I've recorded, right? Because I mean, I spend hours 
listening back, editing, recording the intros and outros, um, making sure everything sounds good. And it always sounds perfect on my end. And then when I release it, sometimes it sounds the same. And then sometimes it sounds a little bit different. So I was just trying to figure out like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, what is the, what is the issue there? And so I'm messing with a new setting. So that's why I decided to do this publicly is that I'm going to kind of give you, this is part of Jason's journey, right? Is that, is the technical side of it. Um, Cause again, I, I've always felt comfortable with the conversation. Um, there are certainly moments where I get a little anxious or whatever, but I've never, I've never felt like I couldn't handle the interview part. If that makes sense. I do a ton of research. I come in ready and uh, almost to a person, 99%, you know, uh, 98, 99% of our guests are really forthcoming. Like they're, they're grateful to be on the show. They've, you know, they've agreed for a reason. Um, and they're, and they're, typically people who, you know, have done a fair amount of press. And so that makes a difference too. Um, Cause they're comfortable, you know, they've been interviewed uh, and because we come at it from a different angle. Um, I think that most of our guests really appreciate that they find it fresh. So, you know, the interview part has never been an issue for me, but the production part, even though what we're doing isn't exactly like, making a you know a record it's it's still like you know there's there's a fair amount that goes into it and once you get used to those things once i kind of uh developed a routine it uh it isn't it isn't all that like um, taxing on me but early on not knowing what the fuck i was doing it was incredibly taxing <laughs> like I can't tell you how many. I still have times. I mean, when I first started, like, it would take hours to do this show because I just had no idea what everything was, what all these buttons were, and which ones needed to be pressed and which ones didn't need to be pressed. And when we first started, I didn't even. So I have a, a Mac now, which um, has GarageBand on it, and GarageBand's pretty intuitive. But before, I had a free software called Audacity, and I, you know, a lot of people still use it and like it. Um, a lot of big name podcasts use it. I couldn't figure the fucking thing out. I felt like it was impossible. So, you know, we've made these adjustments and changes over time, but I still don't totally know what I'm doing when it comes to that part of it. So, um, it's kind of nice, right? It's like, I can't get bored because, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm constantly learning and, um, and I feel like what, has happened is that these are transferable skills you know in my day job i'm a teacher and having the ability to do like rudimentary editing audio editing um has paid dividends in my classes um you know when i taught middle school i'm teaching high school now but when i taught middle school i would like make up silly songs for things we were learning and i could record them like one time i was uh, a rapper called Chef Boy R E, and uh, and I I made a song about reading, and uh, I bought a chef's hat, like recorded myself, you know, in the chef's hat, and then I, I did the audio um, through GarageBand. So these are things that like 
before I did the show, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known, you know? And then I also had, a, I forget the character's name, but I had a character that was a folk singer, of course. And, uh, and he had a song also about close reading. Um, and it was just fun, you know, but those kinds of things are, are things that I wouldn't have known how to do before the marinade. Um, so there are transferable skills that I'm learning, um, that don't just benefit the show, but that are beneficial to other folks and, and, and to my life. Um, and so as I'm messing with this, we'll see how it sounds. Uh, I also want to, to first of all, say thank you to everybody who's listening and then also just kind of do a quick rundown of what we've had going on. Um, last weekend I went to Dunedin, Florida. So Dunedin, um, it's black eye is that it's the, uh, the birthplace and home of our whiny little emperor in the governor's mansion in Tallahassee. (laughs) But, uh, otherwise it's a pretty interesting place. It's, um, it's the spring training home of the Toronto Blue Jays. So that's why I went over there. Not that I'm a particularly a Blue Jays fan, but um, I just, uh, I love baseball and I love spring training. And I was talking to Glenn from the Raised by Whoops podcast, uh, who graciously has had me on his show twice. And uh, the second time, right before we started recording, he was asking me if I go to spring training. It was right when spring training started. And I realized like, yeah, I used to go all the fucking time. I mean, it was like, a, I mean, especially growing up here, you know, and as a kid being obsessed with baseball. And then, you know, I, I think it really what happened was COVID. I, I just, you know, I'm still at a place where I just don't leave the house very often. Um, I mean, I do, I've gotten back out into the world a little bit, um, probably more so than I want to, honestly. Cause I'm still very uncomfortable in crowds. Uh, I'm still very uncomfortable even in like, um, the grocery store. Um, you know, I do it, but I don't want to be there. Um, and part of that is just, I've got a really sweet setup here, right? Like our house is very comfortable. I love being around Chris and our dogs. Um, I just like being home. You know, I got a big backyard if I want to get outside. Our neighborhood is, is, is quiet and beautiful and there's a park down the street. I don't need to go anywhere. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm all for adventures, but as far as like going to events, you know, I do it cause I love live music and I love live sports and I love live theater, but you know, I'm still very uncomfortable. So I just hadn't gone to spring training in several years and, and probably dating before COVID really, cause the Orlando area directly, doesn't really have a team the braves used to be here um somebody else used to play out at the wide world of sports at disney but there's like there's you got to drive an hour um from here uh, at least right so lakeland should be an hour away but in the last few years for whatever reason a ton of people have moved to florida and it uh <laughs> which blows my mind we're looking to get out <laughs> but um it uh, it's like an hour and a half to go, you know, fifty six miles or whatever. Um, traffic is just hellacious everywhere you go, and you know, part of that is my own hangups about um, toll roads. I, 
I just think they're fucking crazy. It's just the wildest thing to me that we have to pay to travel places. Um, you know, to, to take our own cars places. <laughs> I mean, I totally get paying for a train ticket, but I have to pay to take my car somewhere. It's horseshit. Um, so I avoid toll roads, which of course adds some time, but going to Lakeland, it's not like that's not getting in the way. Um, you got to go I-4 and if you're going I-4, you're stuck in traffic. So anyway, I had planned to go to Lakeland and spend a night but uh it just like traffic was crazy and everything just like didn't line up uh, i couldn't find a campsite another thing i don't like paying for is lodging couldn't find a campsite and uh and so i was just like forget it i'm gonna i'm gonna stay here and then i'll go to dunedin the next day so in dunedin i lucked out my great friend mark uh lives there grew up uh, down the grew up in uh, palm harbor right down the street so he lives kind of between the two cities and uh, he has this gorgeous home um, that's a bike ride away from the Blue Jays Stadium. And he was out of town. He and his uh, family were on vacation. So he was like, just, you know, I'll leave you a key. You know, stay in the guest room, whatever, man. You know, help yourself to, to some wine. <laughs> and uh, and I did. <laughs> and it was, it was awesome. It was just a nice getaway and an opportunity to just kind of relax. So at the end of that weekend, there was um, a festival in Tampa. So Dunedin is just uh, just west of Tampa. And um, this festival is baseball themed. So it's, it's, you know, it's marrying like all my, all my favorite things. It's music and uh, like the Ava Brothers were playing and Group Love was playing and uh, Japanese Breakfast. And without getting in the weeds about like, how these things come about in terms of me covering them, the marinade being involved with them. Basically I thought I was approved for press access and then I wasn't, um, which was frustrating because that was going to be a, a centerpiece of my trip, but um, it all worked out because the person I really wanted to talk to at the festival was former Major League Baseball player, World Series champion, all-star, gold glover, Bronson Arroyo, who played for my beloved Cincinnati Reds and um, for like nine years of his 16-year career. And uh, he has a record, right? So I was like, this is perfect. I get to talk to someone who was one of my favorite Reds, and my red and the reds are my favorite team plus i get to you know talk about music and creativity so the plan had originally been i was going to try to catch up with him at the festival that fell through but he and his publicist and all his people were so cool and so flexible that they were just like just meet him at the place where he's staying so i i uh that night saturday night i got to to go to the spot where this really cool little home like on a next to a park which was on on the water um and bronson arroyo and his band were just in there hanging out so i just sat upstairs in a room with bronson arroyo and talked for an hour and i i don't know if i'm 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 not right now doing justice to how exciting this was for me bronson's a little bit older than me but we're, we're of a similar generation so it's not like i grew up 
you know, it's not like me interviewing Barry Larkin or someone who would be a childhood hero. I was in my twenties before he made, made it into the major leagues. And so I wasn't watching as much baseball then as I do now. And as I did as a kid. And the reason why is because I was still kind of frankly bitter about the fact that my career had ended. Um, I, I got cut my freshman year, um, in college and all I wanted to do was play baseball. You know, like that was, that was my passion. That was my love. And, uh, and so when it happened, I was devastated. Uh, I was devastated and did not handle it very well. Um, I became very self-destructive. Um, I really replaced baseball with drinking, um, I've talked about this before on the Raised by Whoops podcast, but I don't think I've ever said it here. Nobody really told me, right? Like <laughs> nobody said, hey man, this thing you've dedicated your life to, when it ends, there'll be a hole. And like plenty of people said, hey, it's going to end at some point. Um, I remember Brian Doyle, who's um, who's a my cousin, I guess, kind of, but Brian was, um, he was a World Series champion with the Yankees, um, and he had a school called uh, Doyle Baseball School. Um, and so, like, he became a mentor for me when I was in uh, middle and high school. And he said, he would always say, there's an end coming. And so, play each game like it was your last. Kind of cliche, but but also resonated with me. So I did, I really laid it all out there every single day. And what nobody said to me was it's going to end. And then you're going to need to fill that emotional space with something else. And honestly, it wasn't until I was in law school in my late twenties, uh, that I first saw a therapist and the therapist, you know, was getting to know me. And, uh, I told her about the baseball thing and she goes, well, what do you do? What do you do to fill that hole? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? She's like, you spent the first 20 years of your life <laughs> obsessed with this thing. And then it was just gone. <laughs> so <laughs> what do you do? And I was like, I, I guess I drink beer and go to concerts. I, I don't, wh- what lady? And finally I, you know, unpacking all of that realized like, shit, I didn't do you know, I didn't have anything. Um, I've since thankfully filled it with lots of different things, including this show and, you know, my own music and writing and exercising in various ways. Like there's a lot that now I, you know, fills that void. Um, but her point was extremely well taken. And I wish someone had you know said that to me. Um, when I was younger, whether I would have received it or not, I don't know. You know, that's another thing. You can tell kids all kinds of stuff and they may not be ready for it. So anyway, while I wasn't watching a ton of baseball in my 20s, I still was watching it. You know, we used to play this, (laughs) speaking of drinking, we used to play this game called Hit by Pitch in college. And uh, we'd watch, it was a drinking game. We'd watch a baseball game. And then like, you know, every time there was a, balk we you had to chug a beer or whatever you know stupid college kid drinking stuff um but we watched a a fair amount of baseball as a result 
and um and it was and it was you know it was still a big part of my life well during that time bronson arroyo was first with the red sox and then later with the reds and part of his time in, with the reds was a little bit later when i got when i did get into law school and um while law school is quite time consuming it's still school so you know you kind of are making your own schedule to a large extent um and I would watch, I had the MLB TV package and watched a lot of baseball. I actually, I don't, I doubt it exists anymore. I don't even remember what I called it, but I had a blog where I was going to comment on every Reds game. Like that's where I got back into that, right? So when I get into something, I tend to, my new thing is Major League Soccer. <laughs> I get into something, I, I tend to get kind of obsessive about it. So at that time, I was, uh, I was watching every Reds game and and documenting it like nerdily documenting it you know and i think you know looking back on it i think in the back of my mind i was starting to i not in the back of my mind i knew i was starting this is in jacksonville you've heard me say jacksonville is where i I learned to be a creative i uh i was starting to understand that i was a creative person and that i needed to write that it was a, a part of me. Um, and so, you know, I was looking for every outlet I could find. Um, I started a blog where I was writing about Florida. I was writing a, a I had written a blog when, um, when I was in Holland that I don't know if, if still exists anywhere, but um, almost daily I was documenting like what was happening as I was kind of on my European adventure, uh, working at the International Criminal Tribunal for the former Yugoslavia um, on the Association for Defense Council, so uh, you know I was I was I was starting to get it that hey, I'm a creative person. I need this. This is how I'm filling that hole, even if I wasn't identifying it as filling the hole left by baseball. But I was also watching, like I said, watching a lot of baseball. Um, so you know, Bronson was and and a lot of this will come out in the episode so i don't want to go too deep into it but bronson was a creative and it was obvious he was i didn't know he was a musician at the time um maybe i did maybe i did know because he had a covers record he put out of like you know 90s grunge songs um right after he won the world series with uh with the red Sox. but he um you know, he wasn't the biggest, fastest, strongest guy. Uh, he was big, fast, and strong. Um, but, you know, at the major league level, everybody is. And so, you know, as a pitcher, he didn't throw as hard as everybody else. But he knew how to get guys out. And he, he did, did so in creative ways. Um, he was a lot of fun to watch. And so he became one of my favorite Reds. Um, you know, this, this storied franchise that is the, you know, the very first professional baseball team was the Cincinnati Red Stockings. And, and this is a team that I've, I've rooted for since I was six or seven and became conscious of baseball. Um, my very first ever game was at the old riverfront stadium in Cincinnati. They played the Cubs. I've, you know, I've been a fan since I was a child. Um, and he was one of my favorites, uh, after all those years. So to sit in that room and get to talk with him, he's also from Florida. So to sit in that room and get to talk with him 
at all was awesome. And then also we just, you know, we talked baseball for sure, but we just talked so much about creativity and he's a, he is a very thoughtful guy. He is, um, you can see that his brain is constantly spinning, right? It's like, uh, you know, those folks you're in the room with them and it's just like, there's an energy about them where it feels like they are, they're going, their brain's going a mile a minute. He's one of those guys. Um, so it was a huge thrill for me to get to, to not only talk with this, this baseball player who I loved on the field, but then also to be able to connect. And it felt like we really connected, you know, it was whatever maybe nervousness I might have about, about watching or talking with one of my favorite baseball players, um, was gone in seconds. Cause he just, he just, he was so welcoming. He was so cool. And immediately it just felt like an old friend. Um, so I'm really, really excited for y'all to hear that episode. Uh, it was a, a nurturing weekend. It was really nice to get to just like spend some alone time, watch some baseball, which always fills my cup. Talk with a former professional baseball player who's now a musician who, you know, we talk about like, he's personal friends with Eddie Vedder. We talk about that. He told an amazing Eddie Vedder story. I can't wait for y'all to hear. Uh, you know, we talked about like Joey Votto, who's another one of my favorite baseball players of all time and his creative mind and just so many great things that y'all are going to, y'all are going to really enjoy. Um, but I think also what I want to say right now is I feel like the, you know, one of the things I, I've, I've tried so hard with is keeping our, uh, our guest list diverse and not necessarily just like racially diverse or like, you know, gender diverse, although those are considerations for sure, huge considerations. And I know I fall short of that goal a lot. I talk about that all the time, but also just like diverse in personality and background. I think this last run of shows, if you look at Stefan Prigmore, Sammy K, Marissa Armas, Mark Harmeyer, Mark Harmeyer, Mike Harmeyer, um, and Justin Wells, just the last five, let's take the last five episodes that we've released. And then you've got Bronson Arroyo coming up and you've got Lauren Morrow coming up. That's a really, I mean, those are all white folks, but that's a diverse group of people with diverse backgrounds and perspectives and interesting, um, interesting contrasts in their contributions, even though they're all kind of in the same world. Um, other than Bronson, you can, can pretty much lump most of those folks into a broad Americana blanket. I don't know if Sammy fits there or not. Who knows? He's his own guy, but he's such an interesting dude who has a, has such a fascinating perspective on the world. Um, and if you, you look at those five, like I'm, I'm just really, really proud of what we've done. And, you know, I hope that whether you, I hope that you came to the show and the marinade and Stefan Prigmore was, was new to you, you know, I mean, cool. If you already knew him, that's awesome too. Um, or Sammy K. I hope you pick up a Sammy K record 
or, or, or grab Marissa Armas's book as a result of this. You know, if you just come for the conversation, cool. If you just come for like the insight, cool. But I also hope that, you know, as someone who makes stuff, and this is something Bronson and I talked about, as someone who makes stuff, I'm just grateful I get to make it. That being said, if people can support it financially, it it makes a huge difference. Now, I don't do this for a living. So, you know, I'd say buy Sammy's record before you, you know, <laughs> contribute to my Patreon. But also, if you can contribute to my Patreon, it makes a big fucking difference. Um, and I feel weird selling, you know, myself or whatever sometimes. But that's an odd thing to say, <laughs> right? Like, I'm making stuff. It matters to people. Um, I should feel more comfortable saying, hey, if you can do it, throw me some cash, you know? Um, if you can't, that's cool too. Keep listening. It's free. But if you can, you'll get extra content like this, Jason's Journey. I love y'all. Until next time, go on and create something. Cheers, y'all.